Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. It must be Saturday night again around here, and time for yet another night with Daddy G. This is Gary Moore, along with Starzan and Curly and George and Groucho and whoever else I may be able to pull out of my sleeve or elsewhere. E-cocktails are ready. The chocolate fountain is ready. The only things missing have been you, so come on in and get ready for yet another night with Daddy G. Yeah. Well, who's on first? Yeah. Go ahead, tell me. Who? The guy on first. Who? The guy on first. Who? The guy on first. Who is on first? What are you asking me for? I'm asking you. <laughs> this is a gala day for you. Well, a gala day is enough for me. I don't think I can handle anymore.
strength. It is Saturday night, and welcome to the grotto. Come on in, take your clothes off, throw them in the corner, grab yourself an e-cocktail, help yourself to some of those hot e-derves, and relax and enjoy the grotto. It's time. Yes, it is. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Happy 50 years to the day. It's been 50 years to this same day. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 50 years ago, uh, we had the Woodstock Festival. It took place in Bethel, New York, not in Woodstock, actually. And it was uh, quite a thing. And we'll get into that here shortly. Uh, But right now, I want to take a second to wish my grandson, our grandson, Brenda Joe, and uh, my grandson, happy birthday. He turned one year old today, and what a year it's been. (laughs) Happy birthday, Brock, and also happy birthday to the spirit of my late mother, who would have been 102 today. So happy birthday to you all. Yeah, uh, August 16th, 17th, and 18th, 1969, 50 years ago, the Woodstock Festival took place in Bethel, New York, and uh, we're going to look back a little bit and play a little bit, a uh, little bit of music, a couple select hits from that era, from that actual uh, festival recordings, uh, in due course. But first, I'm going to just welcome y'all. Come on in, relax. And for those of you who are fashionably late, give you a chance to show up and catch up with your. How about uh, how about the new one from Pamplemousse? This one, bulletproof. <laughs> Thank you. 
Poplamos. Yeah. Okay, well, we we gave everybody a chance to come in. I'm going to go ahead and de- go down this road. <laughs> Woodstock Road. And a little p- tidbit of news here. This is courtesy of WZOZ, a uh, radio station in Oneonta, New York. Uh, they posted that uh, the couple that was photographed on the album cover of the Woodstock album, the iconic photo of the guy and the girl wrapped up in the blanket together, that couple was from the upstate New York area, and they were recently interviewed, and they're still together after 50 years, 50 plus years of marriage. They were both 20 years old when that photo was snapped uh, by life photographer Bert Uzzle on August 18th, 1969, three months after they'd started dating and two years before they married, so 48 years ago. Uh, and nearly five decades later, they remained together. Uh, they have children now and grandchildren. Uh, their names were uh, are... Nick and Bobby Urkeline, E-R-C-O-L-I-N-E. They were both 20 years old, and uh, they, they told how they identified themselves when they first saw the LP for the first time in 1970 when that record was released. And uh, uh, it's it's very cool. Woodstock kind of left a, a bad, bad feeling in the area for a while, to the mess that was left behind and so forth. But, you know, come on, nearly 500,000 people attended, and there was not one single incident of violence, uh, which is amazing. I'm going to start uh, opening with this, the music, uh, with the show opener uh, at, at the show, uh, of course, T. Haven. Oh, 
There we go. Richie Havens. (laughs) Sorry about that, everybody. Anyway, uh, getting back to the interview uh, of the couple on the Woodstock album cover, Uh, Nick and Bobby Erkeline. They were both 20 years old when it was snapped by uh, Life Life magazine photographer Burke Uzzle. And it was snapped uh, 50 years ago tomorrow, 1969. August 18th, and she, uh, they were they were both 20 years old. And then a recent interview from WDZOZ uh, radio station in Oneonta, New York, they related how they identified themselves as they listened to the LP for the first time in May 1970 when the record was released, the album, the double album was released, and they were. Uh, they they saw they saw the, themselves wrapped in that blanket and and uh, Bobby said, "Oh my lord, that's us." <laughs> and uh, she realized, well, I should go tell my mother I had gone to Woodstock. <laughs> this was nearly two years later, and the couple, along with a friend, lived less than an hour away from the Woodstock site, and decided to make their way make their way there after local media advised against traveling. After encountering a number of roadblocks, they abandoned their car and walked the rest of the way. Uh, they found a blanket that, that was on. They found it on the way. Someone had left it, threw it on the ground or whatever, and they picked it up. And uh, they wrapped it around themselves, kept walking. Said there were thousands of people walking for miles and miles, carrying sleeping bags and musical instruments and all kinds of stuff that got tossed on the side you know just tossed and they grabbed it and then wrapped themselves up they couldn't see anything on the hilltop where they were photographed she said but uh they could they could hear the amazing sound and she argued that in spite the quality of the music at woodstock it wasn't about the artists it was about the energy and the people and the wave of young people uh you know thinking with with common ground, with common minds, all just flocked there. Not a single incident of 
violence was ever reported. Not much money, well, not much money was made at the site, at the concert itself. Of course, uh, in retrospect, later in later years, of course, they made all kinds of money. It, it helped uh, skyrocket many artists' uh, careers. But at the time, they uh, they were struggling with it. Anyway, fifty years ago today, this it, this one is the big. One. This is a big one. When I first saw the movie, this one affected me. I remember uh, I was I was in high school when all this goes going on, and I went to see the picture the the movie. Oh, maybe almost two years later, uh, I was still in high school, almost out of high school. And this one <laughs> kind of struck me as the way the musicians were, because a lot of them were high. They were smashed, you know, on stage or whatever. But Alvin Lee, I mean, he was showing it. But he still played an amazing performance 10 years after. Alvin Lee. We're going That's near enough for jazz. I'd like to say thank you again to you. <laughs> yeah. This is a thing called I'm Going Home by Helicopter. <laughs> Go 
about, baby, what can happen to you? I love you, baby. I got clothes, I do. I love you, baby. God knows I do. When it's gonna shake it out, I'll be what I'm trying to do.
love you, baby, with your red whistle. I love you, baby, with red whistle. <laughs> baby, I love you so. Babe, I'm coming to get you one more time. Go on, huh?
get off the tower, man. I gotta start this one over. You didn't hear that. I meant to give you a heads up. This can't heat at Woodstock, and he's telling the guy to get off the tower. You might kill yourself. People were starting to climb the towers that were there, and uh, they're starting to sway, and they weren't designed to hold that much weight. Listen, listen again.
off the tower, man. Don't want you to kill yourself. I'm so tired of crying. I'm on the road again. I'm playing this one again because it got cut off for some reason last time. Well, I'm so tired of crying. But I'm out on the road again. It's all my special friends. Oh, the first time I drowned out in the rain and snow.
Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Cam Heath. And that's my G selection from the Woodstock performance 50 years ago today. A brief nod to Woodstock. And also, we got to give a brief nod to the movie Easy Rider and, of course, Peter Fonda, who passed away yesterday. 79 years old, he did all right. And, you know, movie star's kid, and he became a movie star in his own right, etc. Good movie, iconic film, you know, marking the counterculture. But we're just going to give a brief nod, a couple of, couple of cuts to Peter Fonda and to the many of us hippies who were at a very impressionable age back then. Yeah, I, a lot of that I still carry with me. Here we go.
One more.
There's one thing you might have noticed I don't complain about. Politicians. Everybody complains about politicians. Everybody says they suck. Yeah. Well, where do people think these politicians come from? They don't fall out of the sky. They don't pass through a membrane from another reality. They come from American parents and American families, American homes, American schools, American churches, American businesses, and American universities, and they're elected by American citizens. This is the best we can do, folks. This is what we have to offer. It's what our system produces. Garbage in, garbage out. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, if you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. And term limits ain't going to be any good. You're just going to wind up with a brand new bunch of selfish, ignorant Americans. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's not the politicians who suck. Maybe something else sucks around here, like the public. Yeah, the public sucks. There's a nice campaign slogan for somebody. The public sucks. Fuck hope. Fuck hope. Because if it's really just the fault of these politicians, then where are all the other bright people of conscience? Where are all the bright, honest, intelligent Americans ready to step in and save the nation and lead the way? We don't have people like that in this country. Everybody's at the mall. Scratching his ass, picking his nose, taking his credit card out of his fanny pack and buying a pair of sneakers with lights in them. <laughs> so I have solved this little political dilemma for myself in a very simple way. On election day, I stay home. I don't vote. Fuck them. Fuck them. I don't vote. Two reasons. Two reasons I don't vote. First of all, it's meaningless. This country was bought and sold and paid for a long time ago. The shit they shuffle around every four years <laughs> doesn't mean a fucking thing. And secondly, I don't vote because I believe if you vote, you have no right to complain. People like to twist that around, I know. They say, they say well, if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. But where's the logic in that? If you vote and you elect dishonest, incompetent people, and they get into office and screw everything up, well, you are responsible for what they have done. You caused the problem. You voted them in. You have no right to complain. I, on the other hand, who did not vote, who did not vote, who, in fact, did not even leave the House on Election Day, I'm in no way responsible for what these people have done and have every right to complain as loud as I want about the mess you created that I had nothing to do with. So I know that a little later on this year you're going to have another one of those really swell presidential elections that you like so much. You'll enjoy yourselves. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm sure as soon as the election is over, your country will improve immediately. As for me, I'll be home on that day doing essentially the same thing as you. The only difference is when I get finished masturbating, I'm going to have a little something to show for it, folks. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm a modern man. I'm a modern man. I'm a modern man. A man for the millennium. Digital and smoke-free. A diversified, multicultural, postmodern deconstructionist, politically, anatomically, and ecologically incorrect. I've been uplinked and downloaded. I've been inputted and outsourced. I know the upside of downsizing. I know the downside of upgrading. Low life, a cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, bi-coastal multitasker, and I can give you a gigabyte in a nanosecond. 
I'm new wave, but I'm old school, and my inner child is outward bound. I'm a hot-wired, heat-seeking, warm-hearted, cool customer, voice-activated and biodegradable. I interface with my database. My database is in cyberspace, so I'm interactive, I'm hyperactive, and from time to time, I'm radioactive. Behind the eight ball, ahead of the curve, riding the wave, dodging the bullet, pushing the envelope. I'm on point, on task, on message, and off drugs. I got no need for coke and speed. I got no urge to binge and purge. I'm in the moment, on the edge, over the top, but under the radar. A high-concept, low-profile, medium-range ballistic missionary. A streetwise smart bomb. A top-gun bottom feeder. I wear power ties, I tell power lies, I take power naps, I run victory laps. I'm a totally ongoing, bigfoot, slam-dunk rainmaker with a proactive outreach. A raging workaholic. A working rageaholic out of rehab and in denial. I got a personal trainer, a personal shopper, a personal assistant, and a personal agenda. You can't shut me up. You can't dumb me down. Because I'm tireless and I'm wireless. I'm an alpha male on beta blockers. I'm a non-believer and an overachiever, laid back but fashion forward, up front, down home, low rent, high maintenance, supersized, long-lasting, high-definition, fast-acting, oven-ready, and built to last. I'm a hands-on, foot-loose, knee-jerk, head case, prematurely post-traumatic, and I have a love child who sends me hate mail. But I'm feeling, I'm caring, I'm healing, I'm sharing. A supportive, bonding, nurturing primary caregiver. My output is down, but my income is up. I take a short position on the long bond, and my revenue stream has its own cash flow. I read junk mail, I eat junk food, I buy junk bonds, I watch trash sports. I'm gender-specific, capital-intensive, user-friendly, and lactose intolerant. I like rough sex. I like rough sex. I like tough love. I use the F word in my email, and the software on my hard drive is hardcore, no soft porn. I bought a microwave at a mini mall. I bought a minivan at a mega store. I eat fast food in the slow lane. I'm toll-free, bite-sized, ready to wear, and I come in all sizes. A fully equipped, factory authorized, hospital tested, clinically proven, scientifically formulated medical miracle. I've been pre washed, pre cooked, preheated, pre screened, pre approved, pre packaged, post dated, freeze dried, double wrapped, vacuum packed, and I have an unlimited broadband capacity. I'm a rude dude, but I'm the real deal. Lean and mean, cocked, locked, and ready to rock. Rough, tough, and hard to bluff. I take it slow, I go with the flow, I ride with the tide, I got glide in my stride. Driving and moving, sailing and spinning, jiving and grooving, wailing and winning. I don't snooze, so I don't lose. I keep the pedal to the metal and the rubber on the road. I party hardy, and lunchtime is crunch time. I'm hanging in, there ain't no doubt, and I'm hanging tough over and out. If you want a real home to suit your needs, you should go to an architect, because behind every real home, there's an architect. <laughs> Times have certainly changed since I was a lad. <laughs> Satan wasn't what you'd find behind every home. <laughs> you'd find a chicken coop, that's what you'd find. <laughs> I fooled you, didn't I? <laughs> you ought to be ashamed of yourself, all of you. <laughs> what kind of modeling have you done, Grace? Well, I used to model stockings in Cuba, and I've modeled coats. Do you wear uh... stockings in Cuba? <laughs> no, but I just model. Oh. <laughs> 
Uh, Just thought they wore coconuts down there and uh, and frozen daiquiris. I uh, I had a frozen daiquiri once when I was up north. (laughs) Last time I go out without long underwear. I'm afraid to talk to him. He's standing on his head again. I used to model maternity clothes about a month ago. You modeled what? Maternity clothes. Maternity clothes? Well, anybody can model maternity clothes. Well, he couldn't, for example. (laughs) I tried it once. Now, what sort of work do you do, Gene? I'm an optometrist, gotcha. An optometrist. Now, well, what's the difference between an optometrist and an oculist and an optician? Couldn't one fellow do all three jobs? No, they're all different licenses. Well, they're all the same to me. <laughs> no matter which one I get a bill from, I still can't believe my eyes. <laughs> How did you get to be an eye, ear, and nose specialist? I have nothing to do with the uh, nose and ears, Grouch. You have nothing to do with it? No. Well, if you had nothing to do with the nose and the ears, where would you hang the glasses? <laughs> Well, uh, have you ever considered sharing an office with a dentist? You know, you could then advertise an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now, suppose you don't happen to have the style suit I'm interested in. That's impossible because we have all style suits. Good, good. Happens I'm interested in a diving suit. (laughs) Well, you have me there. I go to many dives later in the evening. <laughs> Twenty girls that, that uh, ride nothing. Johnson all day long. Johnson must get an awful lot of mail, huh? <laughs> Why do they write Johnson? I happen to know Johnson. He can't even read. Besides that, he's a married man. Well, Does he... Mrs. Johnson uh, get wind of this? No, but Johnson has all the necessary loops and swirls and straight lines. If you think Johnson has them, you should see Mrs. Johnson. I'm sure your voice has caused considerable comment. Uh, what do people have to say about it as a rule? Well, you, sometimes my boyfriends will call up, you know, and they'll hang up because they think there's a man in my apartment. <laughs> Well, do they call back again when the man is gone? Well, I never had a man in my apartment. Mm. Well, that's your problem. I don't think I can help it. <laughs> All right, this is the sound of me signing off. I'm out of here. Thank you. I want to thank you all for joining me tonight, even though it wasn't coming apart. Thank you, my dear sweet girl with the crimson hair, Brenda Joe. Thank you, Professor R.J. Gumby. Thank you all listening in on the archives on your other widgets. Thank you so much. Uh, Happy 50 years, Woodstock. Uh, It's a -a one-of-a-kind thing. Not a single T-shirt was sold. This is the last call for e-cocktails, but don't worry about cleaning up. Starzan's got that handled. Have a happy and safe remainder of the weekend. Remember, I love you so much. Good night, everybody.
Instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 